0: hi hi uh this is jm back with his weird world podcast i know it's been a long time since a lot of you have heard from me but a lot's happened and i just wanted i just have a lot to share right now so uh i hope you can bear with me but i'm going to talk a little bit about my trip and while it is more exciting than some of the other stuff I talk about, it'll still be pretty mundane. I like, I really, I don't know if you've listened to my other episodes, if this is your first time, welcome. Uh I really like talking about the somewhat boring, naturally occurring things in life. So yeah, that's going to be me. suppose the best place to start is with where I went so I recently just came back from the UK about a month ago and to say it was life-altering or just awakening in a sense is an understatement so understated like for starters the transportation there oh my gosh you can get on a bus and so long as it's the same bus line or so long as you get onto another bus line that's connecting with it within like two hours you don't have to pay for it like that's genius why don't we do that over here what do you gotta pay five dollars to take a bus that you're gonna be connected to anyways that just seems game-changing to me i just think about like how much money i could have saved as a kid because i used to i used to take the bus all the time as a kid from like the time i was 11 12 i was already taking the bus and this is this is more common for americans out here but we have these things called bus passes and you would have to renew them every month and they range from prices but the most popular one would be the $20 monthly unlimited pass this is back when like $20 was actually a lot of money but that would be enough for about 2 weeks and then if you wanted the monthly pass that would be around 50 or i think $40 i can't remember the exact number point is it it pales in comparison to how efficient their system is run because They've been doing this with trains. Like, you can get from one spot in the UK to another. You can travel, like, 300 miles for, like, $15. Like, that's insane. And here, here you have to take a car to go cross-country. More than that, you need to have a full, like, set of food, clothes, sleeping materials, Uh, possibly shampoo, possibly a hotel if you're not driving to a very safe place of the country. But with this, you can literally be in Cambridge and come to London within two hours. You could take a nap and wake up in a whole new part of the country. And it's just that simple. And you can book these trips the day before. Granted, it's a bit more expensive, so I would recommend actually buying your tickets ahead of time but imagine if you could just buy a ticket from california to seattle and be there in two hours imagine if we had that stable of an infrastructure in place to where we don't have to rely on cars and cause problems for ourselves we don't have to get in these crazy accidents like I just saw on Twitter this accident on La Brea Avenue where Oh my god, it was a five-person fatal car crash caught on like a surveillance camera. The car that the car literally rammed into two other cars during an intersection and they were going so fast, it was a blur on the camera. You could you could barely see its after image because that's how fast it was going. My point there is we can avoid those sort of things if we just had stable infrastructure, if we just had a government who cared enough. I don't know how many people will remember this, but California actually had a plan for five or so years to set up a train that would run from uh, from southern california to like san francisco or even like sacramento i think and if you ever drove up or down the i-5 or drove through the grapevine going towards san francisco you would see these barricades you would see that they were building it out they were fleshing out the project they were actually trying to get something done and then sometime around 2018 2019 they just up and stopped they just said nah We're done. We can't do it. Too much money. Ah. But then they're just gonna add more roads because it's cheaper. But then more people have to buy cars, so it's not really solving anything. People still have to take cars and back up the grapevine for three hours on Thanksgiving evening. I drove through the grapevine, actually, coming... uh, coming i forget if i was going towards or back from northern california but i saw four or five separate car accidents where they it wasn't like little dents no 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 these were like full-on wrecks these were full-on like the bumper or the bumper or the fender of the car was just completely smashed in or the sides were just torn off because there are so many drivers that it's impossible not to have like two reckless drivers next to each other and everybody's just trying to get in for the holidays and nobody wants to give way that's another thing that's really different about the UK is that people always give way whether you're driving, whether you're walking up and down the stairs, whether you're trying to use the bathroom, for God's sakes, they give way. They don't, they're not in a, an existential rush like Americans are. And that's, that's no slang to Americans, but I'm just saying they live at a very calm pace and it's okay because it works. Because you have a better society that way. And you have better people who just take care of others around them. I think a really great experience I had with this was that I got lost on my first day. I got completely and utterly lost to where I didn't know where I was going. Now, for those of you who haven't traveled before... When you travel internationally, you you usually buy a data SIM when you land, and that's supposed to give you like data for the month. It's supposed to be a lot cheaper than your international phone plan. I didn't do that partly because I didn't know where to do that. I later found out I was in the terminal, of course, and I just missed it because I was rushing, of course, cuz I I was just lost. But when I got on the tube, I already had a place in mind, and I already had a place routed. It was this place called Ace Cafe. Now, luckily, it was really simple for me to just take the train, the trains, multiple trains, and end up at this cafe. Funnily enough, it was like an American biker diner filled with like checkered flags, checkered, uh, marble floors the whole metal counter Uh, they serve breakfast all day and just by chance I ended up meeting one of my best friends there one of my best friends from the whole trip I ended up meeting her at that diner just because I asked if she could I asked if she was going to use the other charging port she said no And that just struck up a conversation that lasted for hours and she ended up showing me around how to get around showed me this fantastic app that i use that i will use for the rest of my life so long as i'm traveling internationally it's called city mapper now it tells you which trains to take it tells you what time you're gonna get there it also works offline too So it's so convenient. But if I hadn't met her, if I hadn't just taken that leap of faith, or if I hadn't had that stroke of luck by ending up at that cafe at the same time as her, my trip would have been incredibly different. My trip might have been horrible if not for that. But meeting her changed everything. And her showing me that The UK has this really nice system in place to make sure you can get around even if you're a foreigner. Even if you haven't been there more than three hours, it's not really hard for you to go somewhere. And I think that's something I aim for in my current life is trying to simplify it. That, I think that's the biggest challenge right now, though. So this next part is going to be about structure uh, and why I think it's important, not just the infrastructure. I'm sorry if I went on like this whole tirade about that, but the real goal of this episode was talking about structure which is something i came across in the uk because i had gone in completely blind i didn't have an airbnb i didn't have people who i know and even if i did they were out of the country at that time so they couldn't help or support me i was solo for majority of this trip and that was largely on purpose because up until this point in my life, I had never really done that. I had never really been alone or in control of my own decisions. My my decisions were always influenced by other people. And this, this spur of the moment trip, mind you, I paid for this trip basically on my own. I, I paid for it on my own, essentially. It was so last minute that the only reason I ended up taking the trip was because everything lined up. Everything with my work, everything with my uh, my home situation, it all just lined up to this perfect chance to really figure out what kind of person I am. And I figured out, structure-wise, I'm a very adventurous person. I don't mind not having a plan when when having fun. I don't mind that. I'd rather my structure be around more serious parts of my life. But everything else can be so loose. Good example, I had nothing planned one Friday I had a whole weekend planned but I had nothing planned this one Friday while I was there and I just decided I'll take one of the trains all the way to I took the northern line train all the way up this this mountain essentially or this hillside and at the end of the line was this really nice vertical town and I remember just walking all the way up there I didn't know a single thing about that place I didn't know where I could find food where I could stop to rest where I could get coffee I ended up at this place called Hyde Park and you could swear this place was built as like a lower part of heaven This looked like where the angels sent their angels in training to frolic and play. In contrast, a lot of London, I'll admit, is very dirty. A lot of it has rubbish on the ground. People are... People try their best to keep clean, but it's a city full of partygoers. People are out way past anyone here anyone here would really believe like you all have people partying until four in the morning sorry that was a bit of a tangent but my point there was well honestly i forgot my point i'm going to wrap it back around to my main point oh right sorry the rubbish oh my gosh i can't I can't believe I actually forgot that. That's actually so bad of me. This park, Hyde Park, was so clean and well-maintained that you would think it was someone's private property. And it essentially was, because there were some people who lived nearby on it. But for the most part, it was a completely clean park. It had pristine water with ducks living in it, obviously. But the water was actually clear. It wasn't like a murky green. And it wasn't just one pond. It was multiple pools of water. All scattered around. But still, just as clean as the next. You would hear kids just swinging nearby and playing and riding their bikes. You'd see people playing with their dogs in freshly maintained grass. There was this amazing downslope with like a concrete path right by an art collective. And just these rows of benches. And then the one that I had in the row was right uh, below a tree. And it was this perfect amount of shade. Now, I had no service, so I couldn't call or tell anyone about that. But I think that was the best part about not having structure there, not having the structure of, like, the internet or society or or just external forces that are always harping on you to stay on top. Like, that is what having structure elsewhere allows. It allows you to be so free in how you spend your leisure and and... Your calm moments are actually disconnected moments of peace and serenity. I spent a whole two hours there just sleeping, just writing, just maintaining to myself. Every time I took a breath of fresh air, it felt like a wave of happiness rolling over me. You were so close to the you were so close to the the sky that the clouds would roll over you. And the sun, even though it was so high up, didn't feel like it was beating down on you because the temperature was just that perfect coolness to match with the intensity of the sun. So, finally, it comes to a head with the, I guess, more uh, linear part of our trip. Now, I was there to see family, and this wasn't just any family. This was my baby cousin who had just been born. and it, She was kind of a miracle baby, so it was kind of a big deal that she was born, and that's why I really wanted to see her. Now, that part of the trip was a bit more hectic because there was a lot of scheduling and there were a lot of people that I needed to meet and that wasn't necessarily part of my plan originally, but I learned that it's important to keep that structure together. Oh my god, I gotta stop using this word, but you're gonna hear me say it over and over again and I'm just gonna, I'll just keep rolling with it you have to keep a plan in mind for certain things because when you don't uh, things become very hectic and can fall apart very easily i'm not going to go into specifics at least that not this episode i want to end this on a lighter note but i i'll say that the first half of my trip was very unstructured and very liberal in what I could do, where I could go, and it was a lot of cultural experience, and a lot of sighting, and a lot of experiencing real uh, London and UK culture by extension, while the second part of my trip was a bit more rigid, and purposeful, in that I had certain things I was supposed to do, I had people who I needed to meet, and interact with on a timely manner even if it was fun activities and all that there's still people you need to meet and you need to be in the same place as them but if they're miles apart then you have to plan where to stay and you have to figure out what to eat you need to figure out how long you're going to be staying there oh wait If you're only staying there for two days and then going back, you need to find a train to go back. You also need to find a way to get uh, to your Airbnb from that other train you're taking. There was a lot of steps, I'll say, that were very unexpected and very just thrown to me out of left field where I wish... I had been prepared better, but I'm glad that I had the capacity to, to be that quick and that focused to know what problems are going to come ahead of the road. Whether it's finances, whether it's uh, living space, whether it's um, respect and boundaries and A whole other host of things. Having that split difference really made the trip worth it. Because it also taught me to value my time on the second leg. It really taught me, oh, I have a couple days free here. I can't really waste it as much as I did before. So, I'm going to do the things that are of absolute importance, that will impart the most amount of culture, or the most amount of, uh, what's, oh, shit, what's the word I'm thinking of? The most amount of value, I guess. That sounds really wrong, that makes it sound like I value people or other people less than others. But I, it was more just about valuing my time, because I felt I was limited on time, especially during that second leg. I felt like I was a chauffeur slash tour guide slash planner for a majority of it, and it it didn't really satisfy me to to be right about those situations to be right, that there's all this planning that needs to be ahead, that there's all this work that needs to be done before you can even leave. It didn't bring me any satisfaction, but what it did do is it brought me clarity that, okay, I'm in this situation where I need to be on top of it, that even if I'm here to enjoy myself, I still need to figure these things out whether it's whether I'm tired, whether I'm uh, mentally exhausted, whether I just don't want to think about it, I have to think about it. And that's one thing I've brought back with me is that that sort of mental clarity and presence has stuck with me even till now. I know how to prioritize things. I know how to get, I know how to get my stuff done because I realized how important that is I realized how how crucial that is to getting people to want to be with you you know everyone loves a good party animal but you know what people love more someone who's on top of their work someone who's on top of their life for Christ's sake like it's easy to be the drunk guy it's easy to be the high guy at the party How about you be the guy who still shows up to work the day after? How about you still show up for the team meeting? Even though half the team didn't. And you know it's Friday night. It could have been anyone else. But you decided to show up. I don't know. I I guess I brought back a, a bit of mindfulness. Just trying to be more mindful about those around me. And the situation that other people are in I'm trying to give a bit more leeway and I trust me I've, I've given a bit of leeway to the people in my life but now I'm doing it through a lens where I know what is forgivable and what isn't I know what is respectable and what's unforgivable I know boundaries now. Because I've set them myself through that trip. Through knowing what I can and can't handle. I've set proper boundaries of what's acceptable in my life. And I'm trying to set those up with other people as well. I'm trying to create a healthy boundary between people around me where it doesn't feel like I'm disconnected or overly disconnected rather but you get my point that's just like that was the main uh, I guess point that I picked up from this trip and I'll be discussing some other points in a later episode and trust me I'll make another episode I plan to make at least one every day So I hope you guys will stick around for that. Uh, I hope you came away from this story with something useful. And if you didn't, I hope you stick around until you can. Thanks.